Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. Yo, Adrian. A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Gigi, welcome to the cave. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. How are you? What's new with you? I'm good. I just got back from Arizona, actually. So I am readjusting on my couch with my cat. How did, uh, how did you deal with the whole quarantine thing and getting back to work? Oh, my gosh. it's um It's been difficult for sure. Um, I had to go out and buy a piano and <laughs> just doing everything I can to be creative and stay sane. Um, luckily though, the second LA was opened up for filming. Um, I went nonstop for a hot second. I did a film for Asylum that's now on Amazon Prime. And then I went straight into a film called The Retaliators, which should be coming out next year, hopefully in theaters. And then I went ahead and I did another feature, which I can't talk about just yet, but it was like, boom, boom, boom. And I went, yeah, the quarantine's over. Like we're back to normal. And then it's been crickets again. And now we're going into holiday season. So that with the pandemic, it may be a hot second till I get back on set. So fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been busy uh, when I was doing some research on you. So you you were on the American Grit, which you won. You were on recently on another show, Bulge Bracket on Amazon. And you mentioned a few projects. So you've been busy. You know, I have, I have been a busy little bee. Um, you know, I, I wish I was busier though, but I'm blessed to be as busy as I am. Um, I, I thrive in chaos and I meant to go, 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 go. So I always <laughs> think that I want a break. Then the second I have one, like one or two days into my break, I'm like, I need to get back to the craziness and life on set. Um, <laughs> but American Grit was actually in 2017, but because I won that show, I then had the money and the means to move to California and pursue my acting career further. So I did Bulge Bracket was one of my first projects that I filmed when I moved out here. And then um, it just came out a few months ago on Amazon Prime. So very exciting. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about American Great. We'll talk about the Amazon show also, but let's get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, where are you were you originally from? Oh, I'm a Jersey girl. Uh, growing okay. up in Jersey, how was it? You know what? It's um, it's magical in its own way. There's something about the East Coast. You know, um, I I like New Jersey. I the the greenery and the fresh air is nice. I don't get much of that in California. And I'm from I'm from a very small town. Everybody knows everybody, so there's beauty in that. Um, I miss my family very much. I have two brothers back home. One older, one younger, but we're all very close in age. So I like to refer to myself as the rose between two thorns. <laughs> but um i wish that i could drag them out here um but <laughs> hopefully have i go back tr- home to visit them soon have you tried i have you know i went back home recently actually because i did the um friday the 13th camp crystal lake tour because they actually filmed friday the 13th in new jersey so i went i went to the tour and then i visited my family while i was there and now i hope to go back because i was it was too short-lived i hadn't been home for over a year and so i'm like oh okay i'll just see my family real quick while i'm out there but it wasn't long enough so i'm hoping that i can make it home for christmas or something if i'm if i'm not filming so growing up in new jersey uh what were like some of the things you were into hmm 
Well, um, when I was in high school, I was doing a lot of cheerleading. Love cheerleading. <laughs> um, super into shopping, but of course, it's just gotten worse since moving to California. <laughs> I have a shoe addiction and a vintage jacket addiction. It um started out. It started out in Jersey, and it followed me to California. And now it's even worse. <laughs> Things are what like ten times expensive out in California. Oh, 10 times as expensive, but 10 times as cute. If you saw some of the <laughs> shoes I have, I just got a new pair today. I heard a knock on my door and I was like, I know what those are. <laughs> Here were my shoes. <laughs> so how old were you? Were you kind of had an idea that you, you know, you wanted to get into the entertainment industry? Oh, uh, well, what's, what's funny is um, I was actually kind of born into it because my family, my, um, my mom was actually a drama teacher at my church. And my, my dad participated as well. So I've been performing in plays and singing on stage since I was five in front of, I mean, and I'm in a big church, like the biggest in South Jersey. Like we could see a thousand people for our Easter plays. And um, my brother and I did a lot of those. And then eventually my parents started to put us into commercial acting. So I did a lot of Chuck E. Cheese commercials and Be Cool Fever strips, um, you know, Yo plate yogurt commercials, all that type of jazz. But then my parents actually, they separated. So we kind of were looked down upon in the church and um, didn't start to not do as much. Then my mom had to get a full-time job. So there wasn't really anyone to take my brother and I up to New York is where we were filming lots of things. Um, there's no one to take us up there anymore. So we, we kind of stopped. We, we stopped all the entertainment jazz. We stopped doing the plays. It all came to a halt, but then kind of for us to stay creative and sharp, my brothers both took piano lessons and I took voice lessons, um, but it never really, I, I do love to sing, but it never really did it for me. So as I got a little bit older, I continued. Um, I've always been a movie girl. I've always loved movies, always loved horror films. And so I just eventually started getting more curious about the ones I was seeing and I was looking up all the behind the scenes. And I'm like, I think that this would be something that I would like to get back into. I never really got to scratch the surface of feature films. And even when I acted as a child, I never really made a choice to get into it for any reason. I was just kind of born into it. So I kind of liked that I fell out of it and then thus had to make the decision to move forward to actually take it to the next level. So I started asking all the right questions and started just figuring out how I could jump back in and um, booked my first feature film out in New Jersey. And then Halfway through shooting that film, I actually got on American Grit, left to film that, came back, finished my feature, and then used my winnings from American Grit to move to LA and go all in. Speaking of, uh, let's talk about American Grit. Like, how exciting was that for you, and how did you get on that show? Oh my gosh, it's um, it's actually a funny story. I um, I went through some things <laughs> right before I got on that show. Um, I had been fired from my job, evicted from my apartment. Oh my God, I forgot about, I dropped out of college. I owed like two or three grand in parking tickets. My, my car broke down and all this happened around the same time. And then I worked into like an ex coworker of mine's basement. I, I moved into her basement and I was just, at the time I was trying to jump back into acting. So I was on like a New York casting website where they send you castings and I just happened to get one for American Grit that rolled in and it the way these castings work is it'll tell you the project name the rate of pay and and the network something like that and so I saw American Grit not knowing what it is and I saw it's a competition show I saw John Cena's name and I saw a cash prize and just kind of submitted for 
for, for fun. Didn't think I'd get on it. Wasn't trying to like further my acting career by doing this. Was just like, this is kind of wild. And you pay like $9.99 a month to submit to as many projects as you want. So I submitted, I was submitting to everything. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe that I submitted to it. And I got a call from a Fox producer a couple days later. They're like, hi, Gigi. So we actually got your, we saw your photo and a little blurb about you come in um, from our, for our American Grid submissions. Have you ever seen the show? And I said, honestly, nope. And they said, well, we want you to watch season one and call us back. I said, okay. I had nothing going on at this point because I had dropped out of college and I had been living in a basement and fired from my job. So it's like, I got time. Um, <laughs> so I watched season one and it was very, they had very competitive, very fit people on the show. It was not really the type of competition I thought it was. It was people that were in the Olympics and all that sorts of stuff. So I called them back and they said, hey, do you like the show? I said, yeah, but I'm not sure if you guys realize who you're talking to. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm like 109 pounds. Like I can't, I can't do one pull up. Like I was a cheerleader <laughs> and they said, no, no, no. The reason why we think you'd be perfect for this season is actually because we're looking to have a variety of different people that are quote unquote normal and to test the limit of the normal person. And they said, this isn't the type of show where you get voted off, as you see, you have to quit to lose basically. So it's just about pushing yourself. And we wanna help people that feel like they've lost their grit. Do you feel like you've lost their your grit, Gigi? And I was like, I know I lost something because let me tell you about my circumstance. And I told them about everything that was going on and they just, they just ate it up. And they said, they were gonna fly me out to LA to meet with the producers. So basically all the contestants who have lost their grit they all have this, this thing about them. So my grit that I lost was, was money and I have an issue with priorities. So everyone is trying, everyone that gets chosen for the show is trying to find their grit. And John Cena is leading us through these competitions that are all supposed to teach us these qualities that most of us lack. And I just, I just lucked out because I had a, I had a great team and no one saw me as a threat. So no one sent me into elimination. Then when it came to the final four, I killed everybody. Wow. <laughs> How, like, so when you won that like what was your, like your how did you feel like what was your reaction with this well you know what's so funny is I didn't go into the show thinking I was gonna win like I didn't even know how much the cash prize was I'd forgotten because I genuinely didn't even think of that as like um a possibility of me yeah. winning the entire show I knew but I was just excited to you know, be on set. I wanted to be an actor. This wasn't acting, but I was like, okay, I still get to be on set and meet TV producers. And, and I knew that you get a rate of pay per week. So I'm like, well, I have these parking tickets I need to pay off. It's a long story. It's for me doing extra work in New York. I didn't know what I was doing. Blah, 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 blah. So um, I was like, you know, but if the longest I can be there, you get like a thousand dollars per week. And I'm like, as long as I can just stay for two or three weeks and make it that far, I should make a couple connections that we would pay off my parking tickets. And then somehow I made it I made it to the very end but I will tell you I worked I worked so hard and I had a really strong team of three guys so of course people say I got lucky but the truth of the matter is with these challenges you're only as strong as your weakest link and I really did hold my own weight um, but the way that you get sent home is by getting put into elimination and the way you get put into elimination is by not winning so the winning mm -hmm. team's team leader picks one person from all the other losing teams to go into elimination you get sent home that way but of course, the winning team's leader wants to get rid of the strongest threat because you want someone from your team to win. And so I had George Foreman's son on my team and um, two other really strong guys. 
So, of course, no one's like, let's get rid of Gigi. Now's our shot. She's going to kill us all. She's going to win and take it home. No one thought that. So no one sent me to elimination. And when it came to the final four, I was still there. And that was my first time competing as a sole competitor. And I won. I, won. I may not have won the battle, but I won the war. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever, while you were filming this, did you ever like, did you think about quitting at all or anything? Or you just kept forcing well, yourself to go in and do it? Um, I'm no quitter. And you know what? It was so much better than my circumstances back home. I was, yeah. you know, basically homeless. I mean, I had been taken in by a, a friend of mine, but that was, that was temporary. And I was just, I was really looking for some guidance and really just looking for something to get me out of my rut. And this was the blessing that just mm. came up the best, the best time. And what's so funny is even when I was in the finale competition, I still didn't even think about winning until there was only two of us left. I had never even considered it. Even at the finale, I still wasn't thinking about winning. Honestly, I was just so excited and thriving on just the whole experience. I mean, imagine you've never really been outside of New Jersey and I've been flown to Georgia to compete on a national television show and just met so many cool people from all over the world. And I'm from a small town. I was so embodied in in that experience and the conversations I was having with people and hanging out with John Cena, that that would have been enough for me. Mm. Winning was the icing on the cake. And um, what I was just going to say, you know, winning was the icing on the cake and everyone had asked me, you know, Oh, what would you do with the money? And I didn't even think about it honestly until, until after I won, because I did not think about that prize until the very end, until I took it home. I didn't even think about the money. So when you won the show, what did John Cena say to you after the show ended? Any advice well, or anything? <laughs> I'll tell you something kind of funny. <laughs> I was a little bit gypped on my John Cena personal time because the final competition lasted longer than the producers had anticipated. And they have testers that do all of these competitions so they can try and get an idea of how long the contestants will last and the duration of the competition, how long that's going to be. And our testers lasted 45 minutes. And me and Michael, the last two remaining competitors, were up there for over three hours. So John Cena, actually being the busy man he is, he's doing movies and stuff now, he needed to leave to film Saturday Night Live. He was hosting. But we kept him there late because neither me or Michael would quit. <laughs> so uh, when I eventually won, you know, I got, I got, I got the mini pep talk. I got the Gigi, you found your grit. We are so proud of you. Take everything you've learned. And my whole thing was my team. We like to call ourselves a wolf pack. So we would howl. So me and John Cena howled together. That was great. But then homeboy was in a nice car, like headed to the airport. So I don't even have a photo <laughs> with him. <laughs> I know, not even one <laughs> selfie. <laughs> Would you ever do something like this again? Would you ever compete in another reality show if you can? I would, I, I will I will tell you this now, I will never do another reality show ever again um, because I think that it would be detrimental to my acting career. Um, there's a huge stigma surrounding reality stars and the type of people that go on those shows. Um, I do truly believe that my show is different I always say it was a competition series and I, it truly did make my life better. And it came at the right time for me. But as much as I love competition, I love competing. I'm very competitive. So I grew up with two brothers. I did co-ed soccer. I want to beat the boys, you know, but I, it was a once in a lifetime thing. I, I actually have gotten offers through other reality shows and other competition shows. And 
I, I have to turn them all down. Uh, the competing is great. Maybe, maybe one day American Ninja Warrior, we'll see. <laughs> That's it though. <laughs> so how did you, after you won that, like, how did you get involved with the uh, Amazon's bulge bracket? Which just well, actually, um, so at the time I had this long brown hair and um, I kind of realized once I moved to LA, like, oh, I didn't realize this, this reality star name is going to stick with me for a hot second. And here I am wanting to be taken serious as an actor and brand new. I don't know what I'm doing. So I, get, I go, well, I guess the first step is I need a new look. I, so I dyed my hair blonde kind of to help separate from my, my image of being a reality star. This is my way of being reborn. I yeah. dyed my hair blonde and I was honestly just, now I was on these, these casting sites that my new agent at the time got me on. And I believe it was Actors Access. I saw um, that they were casting a web series called Bulge Bracket and they were casting for you know, uh, Rosie, a blonde office flirt. And I was like, I think I definitely have some footage and, and the photos for this type of character. So I submitted and I auditioned. Uh, I auditioned at a little local theater in downtown LA and they loved me and they booked me and we filmed it. And had it not been for the blonde hair, I may not have booked the show. So that was pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So how, how exciting was it to play Rosie and uh, how would you describe her? So Rosie, um, my sweet girl, <laughs> she, means, she means so well. She's a good person. She wants to do a good job. But the truth of the matter is she is extremely underqualified for the position, relying on her uncle who works at that place. Um, she's riding on that name and, and her appearance to get her by. She kind of flirts her way through the workday, getting help from her male coworkers. So I, I enjoyed playing Rosie because she's a lot of fun. And I appreciated that she's not a ditzy blonde. But if anything, I think she's she's smart. But she go, she goes a different way about getting her work done and if that means using what she has at least she owns it and i i thought it was really cool getting to play that character and i'm definitely vouching for a season two fingers crossed where was this filmed by the way it was filmed in los angeles but they they like to make it look like it was shot in new york so shh. <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't working with the cast and uh how would you describe the, the oh my vibe, goodness the vibe on the set it, the, the vibe was great. You know, everybody was super respectful, super professional. A lot of the other actors were actually were actually way more experienced than I was. So I asked all of the questions and I got all of the information. Jessica Van, she's the lead. She was on NBC's Rush Hour. Um, then we've got um, Lanny June. He's in a movie called Baby Driver. Um, uh, Theo Chin, he's a bunch of guest stars, NCIS and, and everything. They, they're all working actors, but also humble. And we're also great with giving me advice and working with me, although I was newer. Um, so I really appreciated that experience because it gave me the opportunity to level up. I always say it's like best to be the one of the least experienced people in the room in a sense, because then you have the most to learn. Mm -hmm. um, and then a, the couple of the, a couple of the guys um, who were also, there are a couple guys I worked with. Um, there's one name, uh, Chris Wong and then Chris Eisenbrock and um, Theodore Larson. They were, they're theater actors. So they're extremely funny and extremely out there. And some scenes I couldn't even, I had a hard time filming because they were so hysterical um, that it was difficult for me to keep a straight face. I'm supposed to be this kind of collected, like, oh, like it's not a big deal. They're flirting with me, but they were doing a lot of improv and making up lines. And they were so funny that I would just crack up and be like, I'm sorry, like we have to cut for just a second. If you heard what this kid just said, it was just, 
it was honestly such a joy to work with everybody. It was hysterical. A room full of crazy creative people. It was it was the best thing in the world. So no word yet on season two, huh? No word yet, but um, our fingers are crossed. We've gotten some we've gotten some some decent press, and um, uh, we're hoping that you know we're able to get the backing to do another season partially because we're just getting started the episodes are super short right now they're six 15 minute episodes and there's so much more to this story so we're really hoping that we get the the opportunity to share so you've been acting for a few years now what do you enjoy more uh self-tape or auditioning in front of directors oh my goodness um auditioning in front of directors all the way yeah Um, i've had to you know i used to be what's crazy people don't realize this I believe that um, acting on set and performing in a self-tape are almost two different types of, of art. Um, there's a method to the madness um, when you're doing an, an audition. There are really great actors that suck at auditioning. Doesn't mean they're a bad actor. So I've actually, through quarantine though, that's one thing I will say, I've gotten so good at self-tape auditions. I've mastered so many techniques just through being forced to um, to learn. I've, I've really amped up my self-tape setting about a whole backdrop and professional lighting. And it's, I've gotten a lot better at it. I think it saves casting a lot of time because then they just see the people that they are really, really considering. And so it saves time and money for everybody. Um, but for me, it's hard because I like to have conversations and feel out the person and have conversations with the director and feel the energy in the room and vibe off, vibe, vibe off of a human being when I'm reading for my audition. And when you're doing a self-tape, it's kind of just me, myself, and I. Sometimes you have a reader. But with quarantine, I've had to record my own voice and read with myself. And it's kind of difficult to give an honest performance when you're listening to your own voice. It's hard to really put yourself in the setting. But it's it's a mindset and it's a craft. And I've gotten a lot better, but I'm always going to be I'm always going to be down for the in-person auditions. That's always, I think, the best way to go. But, you know, you got to get with the times. So I'm doing right. what I can. Yeah. I, I always ask this question because I always get, like, different answers. It's because, you know, like, some people say, like, you know, you might send a self-tape in and they might not even watch it. Right. That's you my paranoia. I get so scared, too. I will. I always surpass casting. And if the director is listed on the project on IMDb or the casting notice, I go straight to the director and introduce myself and let them know that I auditioned just to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, my idea. Name yeah. in their head. Because I get, yeah, don't tell anyone. That's one of my casting secrets. So shh, you guys owe me for that one. All the actors listening to this. <laughs> so uh, what's that next for you? I know you mentioned you have a couple projects coming out. Tell us about or tell us about the ones you could talk about oh well one this is super exciting i'm not sure when this is going to air but um i'm in i'm i'm the lead girl in a papa roach music video coming out tomorrow um and that the music video is in collaboration with a film called the retaliators coming out in 2021 which is a horror thriller um and i'm super excited about it that one's going to be great and basically this is it's a better noise films um production and they were just a, a big record label they've got you know like Papa Roach Escape the Fate all the big dogs and now they're making films so they came out with one and then the Retaliators is their second one so what they're doing is all the band members that are in the film um they're using uh some of their songs as as the soundtrack for the film and then doing music videos for those songs that are kind of um aligned with the themes from the movie so they're like mini promotions for the film it's really cool so 
the music video drops tomorrow and then the film should be coming out um hopefully early 2021 if not mid 2021 oh wow so you did a music video in the movie yep i just wow. me. Um, I have a scene with Jacoby Shaddix, the lead singer of Papa Roach. He's just, he's just a doll for being such a rock star. I couldn't believe how, how nice he and the rest of the band was just so professional, so kind. And then, um, I had the pleasure of getting to work with him again on the music video dropping tomorrow. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name of the song technically for another three hours. So just in case I'll hold off, but <laughs> it'll be on my yeah. Instagram. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, Instagram and social media, how can the listeners find you on social media? My Instagram is Gigi Gustin. Super easy. G-I-G-I-G-U-S-T-I-N. No spaces, no dollar signs, none of that craziness. <laughs> and it's the same thing on Twitter, except there's a zero at the end because someone already stole my name. Um, <laughs> and that's going to be the best. Uh, Gigi, uh, this was fun. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I love to talk. So this is that's a wrap that's a wrap everybody that's a wrap thanks for listening to the man cave chronicles podcast i finally get my man cave you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram at the mcc podcast and our website the mccpodcast.com until next time, next time.